0: Actually, I reached out to Tim Scott's office, our senator, this week because he had co-sponsored a bill that would, that it's extended the ability to do what they call audio only, meaning you don't have to have the video right. capacity right now. And it's really not because the physicians don't have the capacity, it's because the patients don't. And and some of them who, they may not have Wi-Fi, they may not have an iPhone, you know, and if all they have is a rotary telephone at their house, we want to be able to, to take care of them.
1: This is the Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton. Each week, Scott shares how he uses the leadership principle of disruption to keep his companies growing and moving in the right direction. Let's get started. Welcome to the Disrupted Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston. And once again, we have the Scott Middleton.
0: <laughs> I was waiting for more. The okay. Scott, it's the, the it's like it's the you got uh-huh.
1: the Ohio State,
0: uh huh, and now you got the
1: Scott Middleton. So
0: I, I noticed today they they're advertising something for Good Life Cafe, and it says the Good Life yeah, Cafe, exactly. And then I was going, no, it's really the Good Life, right? So that's great.
1: It's much more official.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Scott, what have you been into this week? Oh
0: gosh, this has been an extremely um, interesting week in disruption. Uh, again, following off of the last podcast mm-hmm. uh, with with a lot of what's going on with healthcare and changing the way Medicare sees our model of healthcare, and And I was trying to explain it to people all week long. I've been doing mm-hmm. um, uh, lunch and learns and discussions and grabbing groups of people and saying, hey, what Medicare is trying to tell us right now that if you spend an hour and a half with a patient, you could have probably seen 10 patients in the same time. Mm-hmm. We need people to have quicker access, which is why they've embraced the whole telemedicine program right um, and said hey if that makes it easier for people to get a hold of you um, that's why they even say you don't even have to do the video because the video issue actually I reached out to Tim Scott's office our senator this week because he had co-sponsored a bill that would that it's extended the ability to w- do what they call audio only meaning you don't have to have the video right. capacity right now and it's really not because the physicians don't have the capacity it's because the patients don't. Mm-hmm and and some of them who they may not have wi-fi they may not have an iphone you know and if all they have is a rotary telephone at their house we want to be able to take care of them Um, and my providers have been so great about this and they I have one right now who says I think I give a lot better care Hmm. doing telemedicine because I'm concentrating on what they're saying to me rather than looking at everything else and then I have other providers who say oh I think I really need to just keep touching them but the truth is those are the providers who haven't done a lot of telemedicine (laughs) so once they do telemedicine they really see the advantages um but it's just been—it's it, just every day is kind of a new world with telemedicine and what we can do. Right. Um, so, as an example, um, you know, one of the things that that the Medicare did in this, they they actually are paying us more per minute for the shorter visits, right. for less complexity, and then paying us less for the longer visits. So what they're trying to push us to do is to do more of the shorter visits. Mm-hmm. As an example, you know, sometimes we just don't get through a whole visit. We may go out and see a patient, and now we really only have about in the home maybe 40, 45 minutes where maybe we used to spend an hour and a half, right. but we're the reimbursement's so low we can't do it. But what it's causing us to do is to do a follow-up with that patient, you know, two or three days later to make sure um, to to finish out whatever issues or concerns are going on. But what, has, what we're discovering is that we're finding out when we call back, no, I didn't start that medication yet, or <laughs> the pharmacy didn't get it to me, or I didn't have anybody to drive. Which didn't, wouldn't
1: have been caught.
0: <laughs> it wouldn't have been caught. Yeah. That's right. And then and then they would have gone into the weekend, and they would end up in the emergency mm-hmm. room. Yeah. Um, or, or well, tell me, Mrs. Smith, about, then they'll say, oh, and as soon as you left the other day, I forgot I was supposed to tell you this, so I went and wrote mm-hmm. it down. And then they'll go, What? Or either an NP may be pulling up the records because she's able to do that sitting in her office or at home. And she's going, wait a minute, I see that you saw a cardiologist last week. You didn't tell me about that in our visit. Right. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, did he change your medication? Oh, yeah, he did. Right. (laughs) Well, that could have had an impact. So more often we're seeing these patients. The more little things like that we're catching, and and you know, as the study, I know I've repeated it a number of times in this call, but uh, what we found is that when we added telemedicine we actually saw a reduction in hospitalizations immediately Mm -hmm. and and into the point where if we were looking at just the number of visits then we would have a certain hospitalization rate but if we looked at at like four different factors including telemedicine nobody's going to the hospital and it's not just because of covid it's because they're not having the yeah and
1: and honestly like i had my first experience in the hospital back in november i had weight loss surgery and honestly, it's really what the docs in the hospital do. They come in and they see you for three minutes. Right. L- maybe less. Hey, how are you doing? Doing good. And then they bill $200 for that. Right. But
0: they see you every day. <laughs> yeah, and, and, exactly. And the whole goal is if I see you every day, I build this rapport with you. I know everything that's going on. Of course, you're only in the hospital, what, two days, yeah. three days now. One day. yeah. Um and, and the problem is you go home with as many questions as can be <laughs> uh, and don't know what you're supposed <laughs> right. to take or not take. And that's why that first telemedicine visit needs to occur on the day you leave the hospital. Mm-hmm. Because you literally go to the pharmacies and... and I had my dad had some um, mm-hmm. outpatient surgery, and so he had all these prescriptions, so I just immediately sent them over to the pharmacy. I don't know why. I'm in this business. I should know better. <laughs> and so the next day, we get all these drugs, and, and I'm going, what in the world is this stuff for? Yeah. And so I start looking, and it was all drugs in case he needed them. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and he didn't take but one. It was mm-hmm. a cream that had to go on his face, but everything else was thrown away. Because wow. it, what a waste it was and it that wasted is. my time. I'd drive all the way to the pharmacy and go pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> so disruption is, you know, maybe just, you've got to keep asking yeah. you know, why we're doing
1: that. Now, do you feel like these changes overall are going to make healthcare better or worse?
0: Oh, my gosh. healthcare is going to be so much better. Now, there's going to be certain groups of people who are worse off. Um, (laughs) Hospitals, probably. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, I think hospitals are going to shrink in size Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of at least bed capacity. They're not going to have as many people in the bed. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to look at other ways that they take care of of their patients. Um, Yeah. But yeah, definitely that's going to change. And then every time things look a little bit different, you know, so one of the things that uh, the reason I reached out to Senator Scott's office is that the audience... Only was suggested, it's been extended for another three months, so we can mm-hmm. use this through I think April or May. But then, if it's not extended, it could go away, which now means I have to do a video visit. And I have so many patients right now that just can't yep. do that, so they're not going to get visits because we can't get out to their house and they certainly can't get into the doctor, right?
1: And then it won't be profitable. You got to, you got to make money or you can't do this. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) So So I I was talking to a provider, we were doing an interview today and she'd been doing some home visits for another organization. And she said she went to this guy's house one day and he hadn't had anything to eat in four days, not anything substantial. And the reason was, is that the Meals on Wheels people dropped everything off at the end of his driveway, which was way down this dirt road. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have any way to get out there. Wow. So if if she got his Meals on Wheels, I guess they were, the meals were still good. I don't know but, um, you know how how sad it is that we're gonna have a health care issue, a hospitalization for somebody just because we didn't make sure that they got the meal and the food that they mm-hmm. needed,
1: or he doesn't even make it to the hospital right yeah, yeah, period yeah. And
0: well in and, and, and in that case, unfortunately he'll he'd die right uh, but on the other side and and it does it costs Medicare less money, you know the gruesome point of it is but the hospitalization could have cost thousands you know of sure. dollars and so what we're finding with those shorter visits we're going to we're going to keep those from happening but it's it's hard to it, the hardest change we have one provider now we have 250 providers at workforce and we have one that's going to quit right now because she said i just can't handle the stress of all this change mm-hmm. and we were going like all you got to do is we're setting the schedule up for you you just need to follow it right <laughs> you know <laughs> and and she's so scared about what's going to happen And I'm going, well, she's going to go somewhere else. And and it's all changed there, too. Yep. You know, Um, but most of our providers have been really good about it. They know that this change is constant. We're Mm -hmm. always going to have this and and we keep moving forward with it.
1: Now, is this the same kind of changes in the clinics?
0: yeah well a little bit because yeah the clinics have had already been there mm-hmm. so so the interesting piece of it for for years i mean our, our providers have figured out that to do a longer visit even a more complex visit they were getting paid less so they've been kind of used to doing these short visits which is why when you go to the doctor they spend all 3 minutes with right. you because that's where medicare gets their, they feel like they get their biggest biggest bang for their buck and and it's not that the providers aren't knowing everything but the, the in the clinic Clinics, though, they're not seeing them as often enough. Right. So what we're trying to do now is to match those clinic visits up with more telehealth. So if you go to the clinic, good. We're going to still follow up and do a telehealth in two or three days. Mm-hmm. Um I think we need to look at how we automate some of that system down the road to know at what point do you need to have those visits. And so once we we can do some artificial intelligence that can identify certain factors in your chart. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you have a lab, um, the real, you know, like in the past, a doctor's office has just called and said, hey, Miss Smith, your labs are back. Well, you have a thousand questions, and the gal calling you about that has <laughs> <laughs> no knock. <laughs> Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Or you'll have to talk to your provider. So our thing is, is, if we know labs are coming, if we knew the date that the lab was going to be posted, which we probably could because... We send the labs to, to, to the lab company. The lab company posts it back into our records. As soon as that record is done, it should trigger a telemedicine visit. Mm-hmm. So I can get on the call with you and say, hey, Jamie, your labs are back. Right. And let me tell you what's going on with those right now. Not just to say it's normal because there's nothing in labs. Right. It's normal. But,
1: but if it's an AI, it should be able to find issues. Yeah, if it's abnormal. And flag right. those. Hey this person definitely needs a telehealth visit or maybe even a visit. Right. So uh, there should be something like, I I'm, I'm, can't imagine there's well, not. I
0: was talking to um, the medical director for um, the, the hospice we primarily use. Right. And, and what um, I was telling him, I said, you know, what we're doing now is we'll put an order in for hospice, and, and sometimes, especially with some of our newer providers, they may not really understand the whole qualifications for mm-hmm. a hospice patient, and so um, the hospice nurses go out and do an evaluation to determine it. Well, sometimes that doesn't really happen either or in a right. timely manner, and I said, so what I'm going to start doing then is we will have a If somebody writes an order for hospice, we're going to go ahead and let that trigger a, a, a a, what I call a tickler in our file to say our palliative care provider needs to take a look at this right. and generally would schedule a visit to talk to the patient. That also helps. I mean, if you're going on hospice, it's probably more than just a one conversation sure. kind of thing. And if we, ha- we have these palliative experts that have been going through this, they can answer so many more questions mm-hmm. than the average primary care doc or, right. or a nurse practitioner. Yeah. So that can be a, an automatic trigger so that whenever that hospice order goes in, we can say within two days, three days or whatever, that should schedule us to call and make an appointment for right. that patient so that they can have that conversation.
1: Yeah. And then you have the face-to-faces now, which can be done by video. Right. The, hosp- <laughs> the hospice nurse shows up. They, they get on with a nurse practitioner. They can do that face-to-face visit without ever having to go out there. It saves time, money. It's so much easier.
0: Yeah, and that's that's another one of those things we don't know whether will last post-pandemic right. or not. But, yeah, if you're looking for ways to get our providers to be able to see more patients. So as I, I was riding back over uh, for, for this this afternoon, ABC News announced that um, Biden has just extended the ability to sign up for any Medicare Medicaid Advantage programs for an additional three months. Usually it ends on January 31st, right. and now it's going to go through May, and uh, he's trying to open up access for more and more people. So if Medicaid regulations change, which they will under this administration, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people who have health insurance benefits next by May that mm-hmm. don't have it right now. Wow. Well, We're not gonna we're not gonna create thousands of more doctors or NPs between now and then. (laughs) So so I mean we barely keep up with the ones that are retiring and and going out of service with the new ones that are coming in. So there's gonna be this backlog. So if we don't reduce, and maybe that's what Medicare is looking at, if we don't reduce the amount of time that our providers are spending with patients, then we won't be able to see them all. And so um, you know, some of my providers have had a harder time. They'll go, but God Scott, I mean it it sometimes it just takes that hour and a half to see those, to get that thing, to get everything I need to do. And I said, yeah, but, but in the middle of that, you just didn't see another five patients right that had you seen, you could have probably saved their lives. Mm -hmm. So who's going to see those? Yeah. so It's
1: really just a mental switch to say, I can't work like that anymore. I have to work differently. I have to work smarter, um, more efficiently. Yeah. To help more people right. at the end of the day, and that's really what it's doing.
0: And sometimes it, we just overthink it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're I've spending never, way too much time overthinking uh, it. I
1: have never had an hour and a half doctor's visit. Oh, right, <laughs>
0: and 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 I do, but I um, <clears throat> also have a I have a concierge yeah. um, doc, doc, and so mm-hmm. I pay for that privilege of right. of being able to have that additional time uh, with him. So he'll bill my insurance for whatever the regular visit is. Mm-hmm. He's not billing those prolonged codes or anything. But if I but I get access to him and. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of access uh you know to that. Do I get any greater care? I don't know if it's any better care. Mm -hmm. It's just well, I like my doctor. I think he's great. (laughs) So I'll say it's better just because it's him. Shout out to Doctor Cook. uh, yeah. (laughs) But it is uh it is better care. Um Uh, it, but it's more accessibility and, and unfortunately everybody should have that access. And that's what we'll see under the Biden administration. Uh, I think before, and, and I, I hate to make it a Republican or Democrat, but there's, there's a certain, um, group of people that would say that healthcare is not a right. Mm -hmm. It's a privilege based on your financial ability. Um, I personally believe that healthcare should be a right. I mean, Mm -hmm. there should be nobody that shouldn't have access, but I also personally feel that everybody should have access to food sure you know and the medications and 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 shelter and mm-hmm. clothing and that kind of thing um, but unfortunately a lot of people don't you know in this world for, yeah for you know the the majority of those issues and even we look at their homelessness is all right. it's all going back to health mm-hmm. and it could be either a, a physical or a mental issue that's going on with a, per, a person um, out there. So if we could solve the healthcare issues across the board to get up accessibility, we might eliminate a lot of other problems. We oh,
1: have. there's no doubt about it. I think of my wife, she signed up for the VA. She's a veteran signed up for the VA and I've been super impressed with them. She, she made her initial visit. They, they called her within an hour. I think they called her when she signed up, said, Hey, we need to schedule your first visit. She had a telehealth visit with a doctor um they scheduled three more visits that they say, Hey, we want to get you in for some labs. Did everything all within less than a month. Wow. She had three or four visits all kinds of different things. And, and it's and been so, amazing.
0: So different from five years mm-hmm. ago or even a year oh, ago yeah. before we, we couldn't do the telehealth. Sure. So yeah, I mean, it used to be with the VA, you'd wait for months to get an appointment, mm-hmm. you'd run out of your medications. I mean, it just causes constant problems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And it's just been, and telehealth just made it so much better.
0: Yeah. No doubt about it. I'm anxious to see at the end of the day how it cost us in terms of what's you know, it used to be we were spending about twenty percent of our gross national product on healthcare. So I'm anxious to see if that reduces and I think it will. Yeah. You know, over time. Um, but I haven't seen any of those statistics yet. Right.
1: So we've been talking a lot about healthcare. Let's let's hop into hospitality here for just a second. (laughs) Yeah. I know COVID has been a Issue obviously for most there's so many I think I live in Charleston I see all these every day I see something about a restaurant closing yeah um, it's been the biggest disruption for the hospitality industry ever man what what's going on there how how are you guys doing and I know you guys have done made a ton of changes to battle this and. and done really well with it.
0: Yeah, you know what's been interesting as the all the numbers came out with COVID too. What we really discovered was that more people were getting COVID from family gatherings and homes and parties and homes than they were in restaurants and, and bars. And it wasn't because people weren't coming because they, yeah. they still were. Um, there may have been a limited capacity, but the bars and restaurants really learned how early, quickly to, to make themselves very friendly and make themselves uh, available to uh, the certain precautions mm-hmm. that we just don't do when we go right. um, when we go to somebody's house. You don't walk in and wear a mask all the way around somebody's house mm-hmm. because you you all of a sudden let your guard down and you feel like hey I'm comfortable even though that person could still have COVID. Right. Um, so uh, what what I, I I was actually saying that you know probably what we should have done is we should have canceled the the um, New Year's Eve stuff that, and said you cannot have any. In any parties and homes, but go to restaurants and bars. You know, <laughs> instead they were canceling restaurants and bars, thinking that people, yeah, I'm going home. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, it it has had the opposite effect on where we're at right now. But yeah, people are definitely letting their guards out now that the vaccine is coming along. They, but we've what we've also seen is that our numbers are dropping so fast and so rapidly, mm-hmm. and all we've done was to vaccine the older people and the healthcare workers. Yeah. So So in just three weeks, I mean, we've seen our numbers drop substantially across the entire country. So what if we had just isolated those people in the beginning? Mm sure I mean that's all we had to do was to say okay we're isolating the old people and I know I'm, I'm 62 I'm getting up there too I don't see you so, getting,
1: I don't see you being
0: isolated no but the point is is if they had said hey everybody over 60 go isolate and you heard I said this uh-huh. on Posca- oh, yeah. podcast over if they had said everybody over 60 can't come out but everybody else can go out then I, then I would have been okay with it because at least the world would have continued right. to go on and the worst so it, it it is all changing things are Happening, you know, we're back to booking bands, booking musicians, you know, again in the, in the restaurants. Uh, we're still doing a lot of testing. Somebody asked mm-hmm. me the other day, "Gosh, Scott, do we still have to get tested every week?" And I'm going, "Yep, you certainly do." Mm-hmm. Um, very minor times, like we'll have an employee here or there that's gotten COVID from mm-hmm. a family member. In right. 99.9% of the time, they've gotten it from a family member, not from somebody at work. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just say, I think it's safe. Um, it's time for us to go back out and. South Carolina, we definitely need to get rid of this 11 o'clock curfew. Uh, Of course, I've never believed in it. It's the dumbest thing to think that somehow we're going to curb the spread. (laughs) The young people were not the spread ever of COVID. The spread was coming from older adults, nursing homes, assisted living hospitals. um, and, And so we should just Get rid of that, but there's this. Um, I feel like I'm going back through the Roaring Twenties when they put prohibition in in mm-hmm. places. That oh my God, somebody out there thinks that has something to do with it, or they're trying to push their agenda. So I think we'll see things uh, popping, rocking, and rolling yeah. really soon. Um, those of us who who've spent this year, fortunately, and we were fortunate to be able to afford to do that, um, but we have uh, we've moved things around in mm-hmm. our in our restaurants, and so we've opened up more. Uh, uh, more spaces and created more ways to take care of patients and i think i've done a lot of renovations in mm-hmm. our spaces and so uh those of us who've really been, had that opportunity and been able to do it are going to succeed but so many others are yeah. just it's hanging heartbreaking on yeah.
1: yeah yeah it really is uh,
0: but, uh, but the other side, I think what you have to look at, like um, our, our coach, Chip Close, that we use, uh, restaurant uh, strategies, if mm-hmm. you want to look at a good, a good podcast. podcast. Yep. Um, so Chip was saying that you know he was coaching with a guy in New York that was wanting to open a restaurant, and, and Chip said, well, what are your hours? And he said, well, we'll be open from 6 to 10, you know, six days a week, and Chip was going, well, you'll fail. Hmm. And he said, what do you mean? I can't fail, you know. I'm going to do this and this and this. And he's got all this plan together. And he said, how are you going to pay the rent on five hours, six hours a day, six days a week? That's 36 hours. There's no way you're going to be able to put enough people in. So he helped him calculate how many tables. He said, you would have to be full Every single second, and turn those tables, you know, within a certain period of time, in order for you to even break even. So if you're not thinking lunch, if you're not thinking breakfast, if you're not thinking after, Mm -hmm. so that's what we've we've started doing. And so you know, in our our restaurants, we've changed it up. We're we're creating um, some of our spaces as music venues that'll eventually be more of that 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. kind of music venues, but they also are still going to be set up for restaurants. So you'll be able to come in and eat your dinner at six o'clock, five o'clock or up until the time of the show. So uh, we, we've been able to expand the number of hours our space is being used. Right. absolutely. And, and at the end of the day, in anything you do, you have to look at um, how much are you using whatever it is that you're investing in.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff here. Scott, thanks so much. Thank Appreciate you. your time. And uh, yeah, we'll
0: see you next week. All right. We'll disrupt some
1: absolutely right. I thanks. know you Thank will you. All right. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton follow us on social media on Facebook and Twitter at the Disrupted Podcast you can also help us out by giving us a 5 star rating thanks for listening